Hey folks, it's 2020. There's absolutely no damn reason for you to be letting ads get in the way of your favorite podcasts. How do you do that? Glad you asked, my friend. Just sign up for Stitcher Premium and get exclusive shows, bonus episodes, and, best of all, ad-free listening, all for only $4.99 a month. Jesus Christ, that is almost a criminally insane deal. And I'll tell you what, we here at This is the President like you so much, we'll give you one free month of Stitcher Premium on us. That's right, we're literally giving you $5. That's one free Abe Lincoln from us here at This is the President. To get started, just head over to stitcher.com slash premium and enter the code PRESIDENT, that's P-R-E-S-I-D-E-N-T, in your sign-up form. It couldn't be easier. Howdy folks, Scott here, and welcome to the first coronavirus edition of This is the President. We're going to try something a little different this time around. Remember how I'm always rattling on about our YouTube account? Well, if you like today's episode, get this. You can head over to that aforementioned YouTube channel and watch this very podcast with images and movies. No joke. It's just like seeing JFK in real life. You ready for the URL? That's youtube.com slash C slash this is the president. That's it. Thought it was going to be hard. No, easy as pie. You can also go to YouTube and type in this is the president, but you have to put it inside quotes because there's a lot of presidents on YouTube and we're not going to come up with first. I'll tell you that right now. And while you're over at the YouTube channel, why not go ahead and click that little subscribe button so you get the word whenever we upload new presidents. Hope you enjoyed today's top five JFK phone calls. We've got the usual suspect phone calls in here, but there are also a couple new surprises. I myself was pretty intrigued about the whole saga I uncovered about the American version of the SST. Found lots of cool newspaper articles that I've dropped into the video as well, too. So thanks for stopping by, and let's get to the presidents. Despite his tragic death over 60 years ago, JFK continues to be one of the most popular presidents of the United States. Was it his charm? His quick wit? His good looks? Or was it the fact that JFK was one of the first presidents to start taping his phone calls? That's right, over 10 years before President Nixon started bugging his Oval Office, JFK was taping his phone calls and cabinet meetings. There's no definitive answer to the question of why President Kennedy installed the first practical White House taping system. Evelyn Lincoln, JFK's personal secretary, recalled that the president was enraged after the April 1961 Bay of Pigs disaster when several advisors who had supported the invasion and closed meetings claimed later to have opposed it. She also maintained that the president simply wanted accurate records for writing his memoirs. Kennedy had the Secret Service installed two separate taping systems, one that would record meetings and a second that recorded telephone conversations. After Kennedy's assassination on November 22, 1963, the 12 hours of phone conversations were turned over to the National Archives and eventually declassified. And now it's your turn to listen to history as it happened. Here at This is the President, we'll be bringing you our top five JFK phone calls. How do we pick these five? That's none of your business. Just trust us. We've heard a lot of presidential phone calls. Now, without further ado, let's get right to the list. Number 5. JFK Insults Women and the U.S. Hockey Team In the 1960 Olympics, the U.S. Hockey Team stunned the world by beating the Czechoslovakians and winning the gold medal, the first ice hockey gold medal for the U.S. 
Fast forward to 1963, and the U.S. team was in dire straits. After reading about their latest losses in the newspaper, JFK places a call to Dave Hackett, the head of the President's Committee on Juvenile Delinquency, to find out what's going on with Team USA. Dave, I noticed in the paper this morning where the Swedish team beat the American hockey team 17 to 2. I saw that. Christ, who are we sending over there? Girls? I know, they, they haven't won a game. I know it. I mean, who got them up? I don't know. I can check into it. God, we got some pretty good hockey players, haven't we? Yeah, well, I think, well, yeah. Well, I suppose they're all playing in their college teams, are they, or something? I'd like to find out whether it was done, under what, uh, who sort of sponsors it, and uh, what kind of players they've got, or, and... Uh, because I think it's a disgrace to have a team that's 17 to 2. That's yeah. about as bad as I've ever heard, isn't it? And they've been beaten by everybody by yeah. scores uh, almost equal to that. Yeah, so it's obviously uh, we shouldn't send a team unless we can send a good one. Will you find out about it? Let me I'll know. I'll find out about okay. it. Now. Number 4, JFK's last recording. This one isn't a phone call, but we decided to keep it in the list anyway. Back in the old-timey 1960s days, Dictaphones were the staple of every office. An executive would dictate all his appointment memos into the dictaphone, where they would be recorded to a magnetic disc. Later on, his secretary would listen to the dictaphone belt and type everything up, maybe while sitting in his lap. It was the 60s. JFK was no different and used his dictaphone for recording all sorts of letters and memos. However, this recording from November 3rd of 1963 was special. Not only was it the last recording that JFK would make in the office, but also featured a special guest in the form of John John, his three-year-old son. One, two, three, four, five. Monday, November 4th, 1963. The, uh, over the weekend, the uh, coup in Saigon took place. Culminated, uh, Three months of uh, conversation about a coup, comma, conversation which divided the government here and in Saigon. Opposed to a coup was uh, General Taylor. Why do the leaves fall? Why does the snow come on the ground? Why do the leaves turn green? And where do we go to the Cape and Port? It's summer. Number 3. SST Agogo In the 1960s, the countries of the world were locked in a race to see who would produce the first supersonic transport, or SST. These babies could fly faster than the speed of sound and promised to cut travel times in half, with a trip from New York to Paris, for example, taking less than four hours. In 1963, the United States government was offering incentives to U.S.-based companies like Lockheed and Boeing to develop an SST. The same race was happening on the other side of the Atlantic with the British, the French, and even the Russians. 
At the Paris Air Show in June of 1963, the British and the French beat the USA to the punch by announcing their version of the SST, the Concorde. To make matters worse, Juan Tripp, the head of TWA Airlines in the United States, announced that TWA would be purchasing some of the shiny new Concords instead of waiting for the good old American SST models. This infuriated Kennedy, and he put in a phone call to his Secretary of the Treasury, C. Douglas Dillon, to have TWA's trip put the kibosh on the deal. No. Well, I think you ought to call him up, Doug, and say that we're goddamn sure about this. He knew the United States. My God, I had it in my speech for tomorrow. Yeah. We're about to announce a program. I mean, everybody worked this weekend. I only got the vice president's report on Friday or Saturday. Right. And we, I talked to McNamara on Sunday. They worked yesterday. We're putting it in a speech for tomorrow. And for him to go ahead on Tuesday afternoon, which involves hundreds of millions of dollars of balance of payments, which is going to sabotage a program to put the United States up in the lead in the 70s, it's very difficult for us to go ahead if he's buying. And I think he ought to retract that thing until oh. he sees what sort of an offer we've got. Oh, he isn't going to buy these planes. Well, now, wait a minute. You see, here's the AP story. Yeah. Pan American World Airways announced today it has ordered six new Concorde supersonic jet transport. Well, I mean, Christ, he's buying them. No, he isn't going to buy them. I saw the contract, and no. Uh, well, I think he ought to put out a statement that he's not buying them. He has them. an option to buy them. Well, except, you uh, see, that isn't the way the announcement reads. Well, I see the announcement reads differently, but I read the contract which you showed to me a week ago, and he has... Well, he be, why don't they put... You he better has the right to pull out for a million and a half dollars. Uh, well, they better put out a statement, because otherwise, for me to go now ahead and announce our program is going to look awfully foolish. He ought to make a, an announcement that, you know, that they've made no decision on buying the planes. They merely purchased just an option. Why they felt they had to purchase an option, I don't know, at this point. I mean, Christ, if we're going to go ahead, the French and the British aren't in such a strong position. I mean, he, did, he, he threw a million and a half bucks down the drain because... I think he has. Because yeah. when we do our thing, uh, then what the hell does he need an option? They're going to be around... Everybody's going to be around competing to sell them. That's right. Now, but the only thing is, he's made it very difficult for us now to go ahead and announce our programs. It looks like... Uh, uh, and, and the fact is, he knew this was coming up. Hallaby told him two or three times. He's given me the best argument for not having one airline and making it Pan Am that I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know why he did it. He's so Hallaby indifferent to what the United States government is doing. I think, Doug, you ought to call him and stick it right up I his know. ass. Well, I, I want him to eat that today because otherwise we can't possibly go ahead. Why well, don't I'll call Hallaby and find Well, I got Hallaby. Hallaby's in his office. Yeah. But I think you ought to just say that we think that this is a deliberate thing to beat us when we're about to announce a program, it ensures a hundreds of millions of balance of payment loss, and it ensures that there's no sense of the United States government going ahead with a program that would give us the lead in the 70s, and that this looks to the president as a deliberate act, and I'm really going to, we're going to spend our time screwing Pan Am. So why don't you give him some of that, see if you can get him to pull that back. He made very clear that he is, uh, this is not a balance payments loss when he talked to me, but I'll see if I can get him to make that clear publicly. Well, he can, how can, why, how, why isn't a balance payment well, loss? Well, he says he's not going to buy the plane. Well, what does he announce? You better get that announcement. Now, wait a minute, which number is it? UPI. It's UPI 122. Now, maybe they better get out another announcement then, clarify it before the end of the day, or otherwise I don't see where we're going to be. Yeah, because uh, okay. I, I think you saw Can you get the memo, right? Yeah, but I'd make it pretty unpleasant with him, All or right, make, right. make it look like everybody over here thinks he gave us a derivative screwing. Yeah. Okay. Number two, the silly bastard decks of the bed. Part 1. In July of 1963, JFK picked up a copy of the Washington Post and saw a story that made his stomach churn. A scandal was beginning to erupt over the fact that the Air Force had spent over $5,000 fixing up a room at Otis Air Force Base in Massachusetts for the First Lady to stay at during the birth of the next Kennedy child. 
JFK wasn't about to take the story lying down, so he promptly put in a call to Arthur Sylvester, his assistant secretary for defense. Spend five thousand dollars for that. Let's cut their budget another hundred million. Precisely, Mr. President. Uh, the last word that they had for me yesterday after my talk to Pierre was to keep the photographers yeah. out of there and, okay. and fight them out of there. Okay. They went ahead on their own. The funny part about this is that, as a sidelight, which might lighten your day, is that the army, you know, whom we saved from this sort of thing, out Walter Reed, when they saw this yesterday, they're unhappy. If you please. <laughs> Well, they have, I mean, they have, so that's why the goddamn service, they ought to cut them a billion dollars. That's right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you think of what the waste goes on. It I mean, is, absolutely not. Imagine what they do if you didn't just stay in their ass. They're going to order me three planes instead of one. Precisely. They're going to do all these. I mean, they, that's the way they, these guys spend money. I mean, oh, absolutely. They shocked that we don't. Now, the only thing is, it would seem to me, I'd like to turn that, I'd like to send that furniture back. Have they paid for it? I, I'll find out, Mr. Just on my own. I don't care we own a store, but I'd just like to send that goddamn furniture back. It's probably worth about two, fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks. When I asked him yesterday, where did the five thousand dollars go yeah. from the things they told me, I said, well, you couldn't have possibly spent five thousand on that. They've lied about it. Now, I've gone back to them this morning and said, get the facts and I'm sick of let's being yeah. telling the president of the White House the wrong facts. Said, let's get the facts to begin with. Let's find out how much they spent on this thing. Uh, I mean, let's find out what they spent, where the money came from. Also, where if the bills have been paid, because a lot of the stuff we can just ship right back today. Right. I'll get I'd love to send it right back to Jordan Marsh in an Air Force truck this afternoon with that captain on it. <laughs> now, what about transferring his ass out of here in about a month? He doesn't have any sense. For incompetence, not for screwing us. Exactly. Well, and I'm that silly fellow who had his picture taken next to the bed, I'd uh, have him go up to Alaska, too. But P.A. will be talking to you about that. Right. Okay. okay. And our number one JFK phone call, The Silly Bastard Next to the Bed, Part 2. Kennedy had started his investigation into the Air Force scandal by calling his assistant secretary of defense, but he decided that things weren't moving quickly enough. So, a few minutes later, he put in a call to General Godfrey McHugh, the Air Force liaison to the White House, to put the matter of the silly bastard in the bed to rest. General, yes, sir. That Air Force has caused itself more grief with that silly bastard. Did you see the post this morning? Yes, sir. I'm looking. See at that it. fellow's picture by the bed? Yes, sir. Are they, and you see that furniture they bought from Jordan Marsh? What the hell did they let the reporters in there for? Are they crazy up there? Now you know what's going to do. Any congressman's going to get up and say, Christ, if they can throw $5,000 away on this, let's cut them another billion dollars. You just sank the Air Force budget. You're crazy up there. Are they crazy? That silly bastard with his picture next to the bed? Sir, I'm uh, appalled, but... Uh... Well, I'm appalled, too. Now, the thing is, I, the thing of the matter is, I'm going to get that furniture. I just told Sylvester, and you can talk to him. I want to find out if we pay for that furniture, because I want it to go back to Jordan Marshall's. All right, sir. Then I want that fellow's incompetent who had his picture taken next to Mrs. Kennedy's bed, if that's what it is. I mean, he's a silly bastard. I wouldn't have him running a cat house. And that uh, Colonel Carlson, who let in Larry Newman and those reporters, is he crazy, too? Christ, they're not all incompetent. Is that the way they're throwing money around over there? You better look into it, and especially when you told me that they hadn't spent a cent. Well, sir, this is uh, obviously... Uh, well, this is obviously a fuck-up. That's right. Okay. That's right. 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 
Thanks for listening to This is the President, everyone. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And I'm going to say it one more time. Don't forget to stop by the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash This is the President. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Changing a diaper probably 40 feet away from me. Hey, you. Yes, you. Do you like comedy? Of course you do. You're listening to a podcast where Harmon and I talk about presidential phone calls. So you like the funny stuff, huh? Then you should be turning into another podcast that Harmon and I do called Comedy History 101. In this podcast, we delve into the backstory of all things comedy related. From the history of the Comedy Store condo in L.A., the Andrew Dice Clay controversy of the early 1990s, and, more recently, the history of the Trump and Giuliani and drag video. You can find the latest episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Last.fm, Google Play, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.